Hello and welcome to the Chris Terrell Podcast. My name is Chris Terrell, and if you're new here, I've lost 125 pounds myself. It took me two and a half years to do it. I did it slow and steady. No fad diets, no gimmicks. It wasn't very exciting or sexy, but it worked. Just changed how I ate, changed how I moved, changed the relationship with myself. And I started this podcast because I want to teach you everything I've learned about how to lose weight, about how to keep it off, and how about how to step into the body and the life of your dreams. So join me every Friday for a new episode of the Chris Terrell Podcast. And this week, we're going to talk about something interesting, something I've never talked about before. I, if, if you've listened to the podcast in the past, you know I like to sometimes give myself little mental scenarios and talk my way through them. I've done some episodes where if I could go back in time and have a conversation with myself of the past, what would I say? Um, I've had other situations where I uh, talk about how I would handle a specific problem if I were to be faced with it. Well, here's another one. What if I just woke up one day and realized I had gained all my weight back? You know, be it through magic, I just woke up one night and I had gained it all back, or maybe I gained it back slow and steady. Either way, finding myself in a situation where I need to begin again, and I have a lot of weight on my body. But here's the beauty. I get to know everything I know now. Everything I've learned, I still know it. What would I do different? All right, now, to set the scene, I want to assume that I have gained the weight back through no fault of my own. So it's not that the strategy I did before didn't work. It's what would I do if I could start over knowing what I did and what I did actually worked. Would I implement the things I've learned in a way that is different than when I first did it? And the answer, by the way, is yes. If, if I could go back and do it all over again, knowing everything I know now, there are many aspects of this journey that I would approach fundamentally different. And the beginning is where a lot of those differences would occur. So before I jump into the uh, to the what I would do if I were starting over today, the first steps that I would take, ground zero, um, I want to tell you a little bit about my Facebook group. It's a free Facebook group where you can associate with other people who are fans of the Chris Terrell podcast, other people that are fans of losing weight slow and steady, and making real and lasting and meaningful changes within ourselves. You can join this other community of people. It is completely free. And you can join it by finding a link to it in the show notes or by going to christerrellcoaching.com. And right there on the home screen, you would be using option two. Um, I have three options listed on the home screen that you can utilize uh, to get you started on the support that you need on your journey. By the way, the podcast is option one, which is why we're not talking about it. I will tell you a little bit about option three on the website later on in the episode. So without further ado, let's go ahead and get started. So the first thing I would do, if I, wake, if I woke up and boom, all my weight is back by some sort of magic force, the first thing I would do is I would forgive myself for whatever I did to put myself in this situation. I would immediately tell myself to not feel bad, and I would immediately tell myself to just let the past go. Now, in this hypothetical scenario, it would be pretty easy, right? But I need to make sure this one is addressed because the most important step before you start changing is you have to stop berating yourself for even needing to be in the situation to solve it in the first place. We often make weight loss so much harder because we spend so much time working so hard to make ourselves feel bad for even being here, for even being in the situation in the first place. 
That needs to stop right away. Opining over the conditions and going, I wish this is the wrong, different circumstances isn't going to help you. I want you to, you're, look, it's, some of you are in the absolute wrong place at the absolute best time. Because the best time to start working on yourself is right this very moment. Not next week, not tomorrow, not after lunch, not in 10 minutes from now, right now, this second. And the reason why it's so important is because for you to do something right now, this second, there's probably not a lot of options you can take, and most of them are probably small. Congratulations. Welcome to how life works. And these little small things, these small steps are so hard to get ourselves to do if we are beating ourselves up in our head. So I know for me right away, I would stop beating myself up. The next thing I would do is I would get a very clear goal. I would define my clear, my I, would, I need a very clearly defined objective and I need one to get me started. Something that I can get to quickly, something that has enough flexibility to allow me to kind of find my footing again, but something where I can, you know, I could look at myself in the mirror and say, yeah, you've done it. At least you've met the spirit of it. And I would set a goal, goal number one, to regain control over my choices in my life for just a week. I just want to feel like I am in control for a week of my choices. That's the goal. It's a little fuzzy, but it'll make a little more sense as we get through this. The next thing I would do is I would get into a stable eating routine right away, no matter what time of day it is, no matter when, like you right now, no matter, it doesn't matter what time of day it is. You're going to eat at some point, unless you're about to go to bed, you are more than likely going to eat at some point in the next few hours. You're going to have a meal coming up more than likely. What are you going to eat at that meal? How much are you going to eat at that meal? These are the questions I would ask myself. I would say, okay, right away, we're starting right now. What's the next meal? The next meal is lunch? Okay, what am I going to have for lunch? I would go ahead and make that decision so that decision is off my plate. I don't, so to speak, no pun intended, nothing, you know, I don't have to worry about it. And I would seek to make 70% of my meals repetitive and standardized. And what I mean by repetitive and standardized is something, some things I just eat them often. And there's nothing wrong with that. I did that before when I was gaining weight, by the way. I just ate cheeseburgers all the time. They were different cheeseburgers, but cheeseburgers nonetheless. I ate pizza all the time. Every week I had pizza just about. Why? Because it was pizza. Was it always the same pizza? No, but it was pizza. So it's going to be no different here. Sometimes I'm going to have chicken. I bet I might have chicken three different ways, all right? But I'm going to have a repetitive aspect of my eating and I'm going to standardize my portions and I'm going to look at my standards and go, do I need to reduce any of them? A big part of why I gained weight was I had portion sizes, standard portion sizes that I gave myself that were just too big. I needed to reduce my standard portion size in my mind. So what I would do first is look at my all across the board and go, all right, everything, all my standard portions across the board are getting a 10 to 20% reduction in size. All of them. I'm just reducing all of them. And if I don't have a standard, I'm going to define what my standard is. I'm going to define what my standard is. I'm then going to standardize all of my snacks and my treats. And what I mean by that is I'm going to decide ahead of time how many snacks and treats do I get every day? What is the most I can have? And I will make sure I do not go above that. That's what I like to do. By the way, everything in today, this is hyper-personalized to me using my own predispositions. I know myself if I say, hey, Terrell, you can have two bags of these rice cakes Throughout the day, you can have one package of veggie straws and one kind bar. If I give myself that rule, I'll stick to it. Why? Because I, that's my, been my rule in the past. I have a rule right now that I'm sticking to. My rule is I can have 
the cheddar flavored rice cakes, I can have one or two oranges and I can have some almonds that I'm leaving in my truck. I'm not letting them in the house. Otherwise I'll eat them too fast. And I can have my uh, kettle popcorn at the end of the day and my caramel rice cakes at the end of the day and one fiber brownie. See, I could just list all that. out. That's my standard snack regimen, by the way, right now. I can just have these every day. I can have them in whatever order I'd like. I can let them all build up and have a bunch of them at once, or I can have them throughout the day. I almost often choose throughout the day because it's fun. I like doing it that way. It's totally personal preference. doesn't really matter. But I would look at my life and go, do I have standard snacks and treats? And if I didn't, I would set them. And then I would consciously look at every portion size. I know I was just talking about portion size, but I'm going to talk about it again. What I would be doing throughout my first week of weight loss is everything I serve myself. I would ask myself, did I serve myself this because I've always served myself this? Like I'm just getting what I've always done? Or am I serving this because I chose to make it slightly smaller? I almost always can tell if I chose to make it slightly smaller. I would tell myself to get way less than I think I need, and I would give myself permission to go back as many times as I would like, but only give, but give myself less. And I noticed, because, and the reason why I would do that is because I observed with myself, if I give myself less food, I might go back. I don't always go back. I go back a lot, but I don't go back every time. I did notice I rarely would go back a second time. Occasionally, very rarely. I don't know if I've ever gone back a third time. I just usually was done by that point. The other thing I know is if I put the food on my plate, I almost always will clear my plate. So it's real simple. Put less on my plate. That's what I learned. And so that's what I would do. The next thing I would do is I would have a goal. My first goal would be to go one week and never feel stuffed. I'm talking that uncomfortable, unpleasant, I definitely ate too much feeling. I would say for one week, I will not feel that feeling. I will not eat so much food in such a small amount of time that I will trigger the feelings of discomfort where I am uncomfortably full. Not one time for one week. I would tell myself I want to be satisfied after my meal. I want it to be enough to carry me to my next meal, but I don't want to be uncomfortably full. I know I can eat enough to carry me to my next meal and be uncomfortably full. The goal for me would be to be comfortably full and be able to make it to my next meal without snacking. That's the next thing that I would do for me in my life. This is 100% my personal preference. But for me, I would say between breakfast and lunch and between lunch and dinner, my goal on Monday through Thursday, my goal is no snacks. Monday through Thursday, afternoon and morning, no snacks. I want to have enough food to carry me from one meal to the next with no snacks because I know I'm usually going to be busy enough in my job to keep me mentally occupied. So that would be the goal that I would set for me. I would snack if I needed to, but I would say during my first week, if I need snacks between meals, I don't get to pick what I like. I get to pick what I need. That's what I would tell myself. And so I would tell myself, Terrell, if you're going to snack in between meals, you can have protein. Protein. That's it. You can have protein or something incredibly high in fiber. If it's not one of those, you're wanting to eat because it's bullshit eating. You're not wanting to eat because you're actually hungry. That's what I would tell myself. And so, but because again, my goal is to not eat. But if I find myself in a situation where I'm actually too hungry because I made a poor choice at a meal, I didn't eat something that would carry me to my next meal. And I'm not going to beat myself up about it. Sometimes you just don't know any better. Sometimes it's just, it is what it is. Sometimes bodies just get randomly hungry. That would happen. 
And so I would tell myself, that's fine, but you got to have something that's utilitarian in nature. It's not a, oh, I'm hungry, so I get to go have M&Ms. I wouldn't say that to myself because I know if I did that, I would start using that as an excuse to give myself M&Ms. Not going to do that. And I'm not going to go have potato chips because potato chips aren't going to solve hunger, not at a reasonable amount of calories. I know that. Potato chips are fine. I'm not going to, I'm still going to probably have potato chips, but I'm going to tell myself not at this time. I have them at a different time. Now, the next thing I would do, this is a big one for, I don't know if everybody would want to do this, but this is 100% what I would do. And I've done this. I do this every time I got to jumpstart momentum. I tell myself, I will say no to everything offered to me that is food related for one week not committing to anything past a week, but for one week, I say no. If somebody offers me food, the answer is no thank you. Even if I think it fits some calories, I'm not tracking calories, but if in the beginning of my journey, I would not be. I would intentionally not be tracking calories, by the way. I need to make sure that's clear. I would That would be a very conscious choice to delay tracking calories to later, but I digress. And back to what I was saying. I would say no to everything because I could never be sure if I was taking the food because I wanted it or if I'm convincing myself I wanted it only because someone offered it to me. And because I need to regain control, that is mission number one, is to regain control, I would err on the side of caution and just adopt a blanket policy for one week, seven days. I can do it for seven days. It's fine. And say, if anybody offers me anything, the answer by default is no. I would have to really heavily work to convince myself to say yes. I'm not starting with a yes and trying to convince myself to say no. The answer is no, and I have to convince myself why it's okay to say yes. That would be a very important switch to, for me to flip in my head. I don't need that switch flipped all the time, but if I were just getting started on a weight loss journey, that switch would be flipped. 100% that switch would be flipped. Now, the next goal that I would set is to work out Six days a week. Now, right away, some people, if they were to hear me say, they'd be like, well, Chris, you talk about not jumping to some big difficult thing. And you're right. I do. I do say that. So allow me to elaborate on why for me, if I were starting over, I would set a goal of working out for six days a week. And the reason is this. I want high frequency. I want a high frequency of working out to reinforce the habit of working out. The more times I work out, the more pattern, the more times I am executing the patterns in my head, the more times I execute the pattern in my head, the quicker working out will become a habit. I know this and I want to leverage the power of habit and I want to leverage my brain's natural and innate desire to convert things into habit. And if I'm only working out two days a week, it's going to take forever for that to become a habit if it ever does. For me, I know two, two or three days a week ain't going to be enough. I need three, four, five, or six days a week for me to convert it into a habit. High frequency. So I still have the philosophy of if you're going to do something, it can't be hard. You can't start off with something incredibly difficult. That's being stupid. That's taking your difficulty setting up to legend dairy setting. Don't do that. Don't do that. Take your difficulty setting of your weight loss and dial it down to noob mode, to easy mode. Stop losing weight on the hard modes. And so, yes, I'm going to go six days a week, which is high in frequency. So I'm going to offset that increase in difficulty by reducing the amount required for me to tick off the box in my head that I did exercise. 
Because if I were saying I'm going to work out six days a week for 45 minutes, that's me being dumb, setting a starter exercise habit that is way too hard. If I'm already exercising six days a week, by all means, go for it. It's not a big deal. You're already doing it. If you're working out five days a week and you're just going to add a day to it, that's no big deal. If you're working out none days a week and you're going to jump to six times a week for 45 minutes, come on. How long do you think you're going to do that? I've had that conversation with myself many times and I know the answer. The answer for me is very rarely. And I want to set myself up for success. If I'm starting over, failure ain't an option. I want to make this as easy as possible to win. And I do that by lowering the difficulty setting. So I'd say 15 minutes with dumbbells is my minimum because I have some dumbbells at my house. I don't need many. I know enough exercises to do with dumbbells to fill a 15-minute routine six days a week if I need to. That's worst-case scenario. Now, I would ask myself to also at least make two of the workouts be outside of my house. They have to be outside of my dwelling. It could be literally outside of my driveway. That's fine. But it cannot be inside of my dwelling because I want to get myself into the habit of leaving the house to work out. I need to get movement into my life. So just twice a week, any days I want, I need to leave the house. It still only has to be 15 minutes for me to count it, for me to tick it off on the checklist, but at least two of them need to be out of the house. And I would also ask myself to make one gym visit a week, just one. And the reason why I would want to do that is because it is important and essential for me to go and associate with people that are like-minded. I want to draw upon their energy. I want to feel their vibes. I want to see people in the gym. I want to get into that headspace and get out of it. I want to go do something that feels different. I know how important that is for me. And so if I were starting over, I would 100% make myself, even if I didn't want to, go at least once to the gym to associate with other like-minded individuals. So, so important. I would also tell myself that walks are not suitable exercises. Walks are walks. That's what I would do. There's nothing wrong with a walk. If you want to use a walk for an exercise, by all means, go for it. For me, for Chris Terrell, I would not count a walk as an exercise because for me, I think that is taking a cop-out easy way. I can easily walk. It doesn't. I don't have to learn anything new. I already know how to walk. And I've realized the key to my success is stepping outside of my comfort zone and going and learning something new. Almost always, the things I want lie outside of my comfort zone. And for me just going on a walk, I'm not stepping outside of my comfort zone. I'm staying solidly inside of it. That's not triggering any growth. And if I got to lose 100 pounds, I got a lot of growth I got to do. I got to become a different person. I got to make some changes so I can get this weight off my body. So I would start the exercise and I would keep it simple. I would tick it off every day. I would lower the bar because I'm the one that set the bar. It's totally arbitrary. It could be whatever I wanted. And even me just saying 15 minutes, six days a week is a huge increase from what I hypothetically was doing. Now, before I get into the next few things I would do to get started with, I want to take a moment and tell you about option three on my website. If you're on a weight loss journey and you are looking to get that next level support, you've been consuming the podcast and you're liking what you're getting here and you're like, I love it, but I need more. If you have also been watching some of my stuff on TikTok, you're like, I love this stuff, but I need more. I want to encourage you to look at joining the Guild of Champions. The Guild of Champions is the online community that I have created for those that want to associate with those people that are like-minded individuals. Just like I talked about why do I go to the gym, it's so I can associate with like-minded individuals and draw upon their energy to help me as I go about my next week. 
I would want this, the guild gives you that same opportunity where you can come and associate with other like-minded individuals, draw upon their energy and recommit as you go about your week. You also get access to an entirely separate podcast, a members-only podcast. It's called the Food, Body, and Mind podcast just for members. You get new episodes of that every week. And then with that podcast, because you have access to my entire online knowledge repository and all of my online coaching, I talk about the coaching inside of that podcast. The language is all the same. It is a very helpful tool. You also have access to my live group coaching calls each week that you can attend. You can ask your questions in those calls if you have them. You can also submit your questions to be answered um, on the podcast or in the group sessions themselves. And I provide teachings within the group and you also have access to my courses. You have access to my habit-driven weight loss course and you have access to my data-driven weight loss course and you have access to my mindset of weight loss course. And I'm currently working on another course that will be coming out later in the month. And by the way, you'll have an opportunity to attend a live presentation of this. Um, all about finding and using your why for weight loss. That is coming up. So if you would like to learn about the Guild, there is a link to it in the show notes, or you can go to christerrellcoaching.com and click on option three. And I'd love to have you come join us as a fellow champion as you move on your quest to obtain the body and life of your dreams. Now, let's get back to the last few things that I would do if I were starting over from scratch on a weight loss journey. The next goal I would do is I would immediately begin tracking my steps instantly, right away, that day. I would do whatever I had to do. If I had to drive to Walmart to buy a pedometer, I would do it. I would immediately want to know what my steps are. I can't guess. I'm flying blind. I need to know how many steps I'm getting. So I would have set a starting goal of 5,000 steps per day as a rolling average. My objective would be to get that, hit that for a week as quickly as I can. As quickly as I can, I want to have a week of 5,000 calories per day as a rolling average. As soon as I do that, I would probably increase it, but we're not going past week one. This would be my week one goal. I would monitor my steps all day long. I would make sure my watch is on when I wake up. I would track my sleep, which we'll get to that, with my watch, but I would make sure my watch is on and it is capturing every possible step that I take. And I would monitor it all day long. I would make sure my step count is displayed on the screen of my watch. I don't want to have to tap anything to see it. I want it front and center. The other thing I would do is, and if I'm not at work, my shoes are on. I don't take my shoes off until I'm done for the day. The reason being, I want walking to be as easy as possible, and I want sitting to be as annoying as possible. So I would maybe, if I felt like I was at a place where I was feeling particularly loungy, I would not sit in clothes that were as comfortable to sit in. I would intentionally stay in clothes that are, you know, where I could just keep moving around and walking in them. That's a finite two-edged sword. I have to really assess where I'm at at the point. Because if I'm in slacks, well, I'm not going to necessarily you know, want to go walk in those. So I might have to find a happy medium where I'm not necessarily in my pajamas, but, you know, especially my long, my long uh, comfy pajamas where they touch the ground. I don't want to walk around outside because I might ruin them. But I might stay in my sweatpants, something where I can move around the house. I'd be comfortable. I'd have my tennis shoes on, the ones I can go out and exercise in, and I would leave those on my feet, or I would have my sandals that I'm very comfortable to walk in, not my flip-flops are not comfortable to walk in. 
I would make sure my footwear is on and it is footwear that I'm comfortable to walk in so that at any moment I could just walk out the door and go on a five minute walk. At any moment, I could just walk outside and go on a two minute walk. At any moment, I could just walk outside and walk for 30 seconds. I want it to be so easy that there's absolutely not a single barrier between me and walking outside and taking 30 seconds of steps because I actually wanna lose weight and I know that me moving my body is what causes that to happen. So I wanna make moving my body as easy as possible and I wanna make sitting still doing nothing as unappealing as possible. Uh, the other thing I would do is I um, would work on my sleep immediately. Day one, st sleep starts getting worked on right away. Right away, I'd ask myself, Terrell, do you have a bedtime? If the answer is no, I'd set a bedtime. And when I mean bedtime, I don't mean sleep time. I mean time I'm in bed. I would set a bedtime. This is the time that you have to get your ass and go get in bed. That's what I would set for myself. If I don't have one, I would set one. And I would ask myself, what is a number that is reasonable to set that also happens to work with my, wait for it, wake-up time? I would ask myself when I need a wake-up time. But before we get to the wake-up time, we need to continue and talk about bedtime. There is a follow-up question that comes with bedtime. I need to ask myself, what is allowed in my bed? Because I'm not telling myself to go to sleep at this time. I'm asking myself to get in bed. I know myself well enough to know that if I get in bed, I don't just fall asleep. I'm going to be there for a minute. So I learned at one point, if I'm not sleeping well, my phone doesn't get the privilege of being in my bed. My phone now gets to be charged on the other side of the room because I can't be trusted with it because I'm not acting like an adult. I've realized if I sit around and scroll on TikTok till two o'clock in the morning, I need to give myself some rules because clearly I have some control issues as in I have a lack of self-control with myself and I'm letting a TikTok algorithm keep me up till two in the morning. If I get on my phone and play games until late at night, that's a problem. If I stay up till two in the morning reading a book, that's a problem. I have to be very careful what is allowed in my bed. I'm not going to say nothing is allowed in my bed because, again, I know myself well enough. I don't just fall asleep right away. But I would be very intentional about, about what is allowed in bed. I do have a bedtime protocol. If my sleep gets out of whack, I have protocols that I activate. So what I would more than likely do if my sleep is not in, in check right away, I immediately move my phone charger to across the room and charge my phone somewhere else. And I tell myself I'm allowed to bring my iPad to bed, but I'm only allowed to watch two YouTube channels. One of them is ClickSpring and the other one is about this guy that they talk about World War II in real time. Um, I can't remember the name of the channel, but anyway, super great. I love the channel. It's it's interestingly interesting enough that I want to watch it, but slow enough that it puts me to sleep. So I would let myself watch those. Um, and I would tell myself no TV in bed other than those two shows and that I have to turn on the warm light filter, even though I don't like it, I would have to turn that on on the iPad. That is the protocol that I would have to execute. The next thing I would decide is a wake up time. What time am I going to get up in the morning? Now this is, I would have two times though. You notice I said wake up time. I'd have a wake up time and a get out of bed time. I discovered for me personally, I do better with both. I am not someone that particularly enjoys waking up and instantly getting out of bed. I just don't much care for that. I like having 30 minutes to like slowly wake up. It's it's like my favorite thing to like just slowly move my body and just join the world of the living. So I would set a wake up time and I would set a get out of bed time. I usually give myself between 30 and 45 minutes to do that. That would be the next thing I would tackle. And then the last thing that I would tackle that I would work on on my weight loss journey is I would not weigh in. I would not get on the scale. I would not weigh in until I was ready. And here's why. Because I already know what I need to do. I already know what steps I need to take. 
I already know what changes I need to make. I already know which decisions need to be made. I don't need to get on the scale for it to tell me something I already know. If I get on the scale and it's gone up two pounds, I'm making the same choices. If I get on the scale and I'm the same weight, I'm making the same choices. If I get on the scale and it's gone down two pounds, I'm making the same choices. It reminds me of the old Deep Thoughts by Jack Handy on um, Saturday Night Live, which is, if you're being chased... Oh, wait, hold on. No, let's do some music for this. Let's make it fun. Hold on. Let's do some good music. Here we go. If you look back and realize you're being chased by an angry bear... And you also realize you're being chased by a swarm of angry bees. It changes nothing. Just keep running. I don't know. It's something like that. Anyway, it's the basic, it's the same equivalent of that. But what ends up happening is, is I've learned getting on the scale, as much as I don't want the scale to have power over me, as much as I've worked for years and years and years to not let the scale have power over me, if it catches me in the wrong moment, it can totally like thrash my thinking. It can totally emotionally mess with me up if I'm in the wrong headspace. And so I know like, well, if I already know what I need to do, and if getting on the scale is not going to change my course of action in any way, then I'm not getting on it. I'm not getting on it unless I can explain to myself what I'm going to do with the numbers. Like, will me seeing this number cause me to do something different? If the answer is no, I'm not getting on it because I run the risk of it emotionally thrashing me. And that is a risk I'm not willing to take. And I'm a big fan of dialing back the difficulty setting of my weight loss. And I have learned that getting on the scale every day doesn't make it easier. That's a big old illusion. It makes it harder. Getting on the scale once a week is fine. Getting on the scale none time a week when you're out of whack is also fine. You don't want to not get on the scale indefinitely. That's not what I'm, I think. I don't think that's a good plan. But I think it is perfectly fine in the beginning if you want to decide to not get on the scale because you already know what you need to do and getting on the scale is going to change nothing. You're going to continue to do what you know you need to do already. Now, once I felt like I was in control, once I felt like I had established a routine in my life, then I would get on the scale because I would then use the scale data to help me know what future changes I need to make. Now, understand everything that I just talked about in here, this is all week one. I would tackle everything on this in my first week of weight loss. I would immediately begin making subtle and slight revisions to this on weeks two and three. By three or four months in, what I'm doing week in, would, week, in week out would look very different than this list I just gave. This list is a great list for me that I know that would get the ball started to let me get the most important of things, momentum. I need to get some wind in my sails. I need to get some movement. This right here would give me that momentum that is needed. It is not going to be enough to get me across the finish line. That's just a mindset thing to make sure you're aware of. What you do in the beginning, your first month, your first six months, what you do is not what you're going to be doing a year from now. You are going to be continually changing, tweaking, adjusting, and evolving your process as you go. That's what's going to happen. You're going to keep tweaking this. If you think that you can just sit down, listen to three or four podcast episodes, go talk to a personal trainer, get yourself a plan, and that you're going to solve your 100-pound weight loss problem in a couple of weeks, and you just got to wait for time to do its magic, you're kidding yourself. That is not how this works. You're going to get some changes. You're going to let those changes run their course until they're no longer triggering weight loss, and then you're going to make more changes, and then you're going to let those run their course until weight loss is no longer happening, and then you're going to make more changes, and then you're going to let those changes run their course until weight loss stops, and then you're going to make more changes. Do you see where I'm going with this? This is exactly how you maintain your weight. You make more changes until your weight stays stable. 
and then you continue to monitor it and observe it. What you've got to become good at is sitting down and making a plan, getting control of yourself, getting control of your life, and getting some momentum and some wind in your sails. And hopefully, if there's only one takeaway that you take from this, is I want you to take away this one thing. The bar, the standard for what is success, is arbitrary. You set it. You determine it. If you find you are regularly falling short of a goal, then set an easier goal. Stop shooting all over yourselves. Get rid of your shoddy thinking, going, well, I should be able to do more. I don't care what you should be able to do. If you're not doing it, you can't do it. Do something easier. Get some wind in your sails. Get some strength underneath you. Get some resolve in your belt. And then what will happen is you'll carry that forward to your next raising of the bar. And then when you get to where you can handle that, you then raise the bar. When a person first gets into pole vaulting, they don't start with learning how to jump over 19 feet. They start with learning how to hold the damn pole. Then they learn how to run. Then they learn how to run and use the pole and land on the mat. They haven't even used a bar yet. So you control where the bar is set. If you are continually knocking the bar off the, off the holds, lower the bar. And if you still can't get it done, take the bar away and focus on the basics. All that matters is are you putting yourself into a position where you are progressing? If you are progressing, advancing, and evolving, you're going to win. If you are not progressing week in, week out, if what you've been doing now looks just like what you've been doing six months ago, congratulations, you're not progressing. You're not going to win. Change it up. Do something different. All right. Let's bring that pretty music back. Have an amazing week. I want you to sit down and ask yourself, do you know what your strategy is? What's your plan this week? How are you going to lose your weight? How are you going to lose that next pound? What are you going to work on? What part of your life is slipping? Where do you not have control? Go get that control. Go grab the reins of your life and steer yourself where you want to go. And I'll see you next week on the Chris Terrell Podcast.